You're listening to the Melrose Place podcast, where we rewatch, recap, and analyze every episode of the hit 90s TV series, Melrose Place. I'm Dan. And I'm Jenny. Let's get going. going let's get going <laughs> all right season one episode 26 we're getting up there i think seven left this one's called end game air date was march 24th 1993 and it's all about billy oh billy <laughs> <laughs> so we open on melrose place and there's a cool song playing. It's kind of like Lisa Loeb-ish. Very like, cool song. And we find out that Michael isn't the only person cleaning the pool nope. these days. Mr. K's got an extra hand on duty. <laughs> yeah, there's a pool boy there. New pool boy, Michael, is just so caught up in work. They probably just had to add on this little skipper to skim that pool. Right, so Billy is sleeping, and he awakes to find Allison standing by his window in a silky white nightgown. Boner town. (laughs) She looks so hot. I didn't know, like, she has a rack. Well, Dan, she has to keep it closed off to the world. If you remember the previous episode where she has a very... um, I guess, unhealthy relationship with her breasts and how men oogle her. Right. Well, geez, like, she looked great. I was very much into this. But, yeah, she's like, oh, hello, Billy. Yes, well. You had your chance with me. I'm now in Seattle right now. I'm going to be waking up in five minutes. And and Keith will be making me breakfast. So... Uh, of course, this is a dream, and this is when we really start seeing some of those cheesy soap opera little devices. So at the end of Allison's uh, little, I guess it's like a premonition or like her her little visit to Billy, you, you just hear these chimes like, and like her figure just disappears into yeah. thin air. Well, they got some budget on this episode. There's There's like two different locations. It's great. Allison has left him. The only thing that remains in the living room is his little wheelie leather chair that Amanda wanted him to throw out. That fucking stupid chair. Now we're off to Michael. He's at work. He's with Kimberly in the the common area, I guess like the changing room of the the hospital. Yeah, and uh, they're chatting, trading uh, complaints about their lives and, and what have you. And Michael ends up suggesting to Kimberly... That she should be Billy's roommate. Right. Kimberly is having a lot of issues with her plumbing. So instead of getting the plumbing issues fixed, she should just move out and move in with Billy to be closer. Well, I think his ulterior motive is to get her closer to him. Mm-hmm. Um, to live with Billy now that Allison is up in Seattle with Keith. Right. And I mean, I love the character Kimberly Shaw. Who played by Marsha Cross. So I've got no problem with her coming to Melrose Place, but damn it, Billy does not deserve to live with her. <laughs> and so to sell the point even further, Michael's like, how about we all go out to dinner tonight? You can meet Billy, see what kind of a guy he is. And Kimberly makes no mistake about the fact that she wants to hook up with Michael. Yeah, she's like, is your wife going to be there? And he's like, uh, Uh, yeah. And she's like, oh, you can see the disappointment all over her face. Yeah, she, Kimberly's a go-getter, and she get it. (laughs) (laughs) She get it. She get this. (laughs) 
So we head on over to Terrence's new beautiful mansion and Rhonda enters and is surprised to see that a lot of the decor that they had decided on looks very different. She sees a lot of blues and pinks and floral patterns and she walks in on Terrence and Carrie just kind of like giggling, giggling over different like samples of wallpaper. Yeah, this storyline sucks, guys. I'm sorry, but it's, you know, it's gone on for, what, two episodes now? And it's just cold. I'm like, whatever. Like, if Terrence, if you if you like Rhonda, be with Rhonda. But this whole, like, Carrie thing, jealousy, is just not working for me. Well, I kind of like it. And Rhonda is upset and is like um excuse me what's going on here we had talked about doing earth tones to bring out all the wood but i'm seeing all these like garish colors and carrie was is like oh i had a dream of terrence prancing through a lilac field and i just had to go with my gut i'm an artist right there i'd be like bitch why are you dreaming about my man in a lilac field (laughs) (laughs) I'm only I'm the only one supposed to be dreaming about lilac fields. So then Terrence is like, well, we can talk more about it over dinner tonight because Carrie's coming to the restaurant. Yeah, what? And did we ever even see this dinner? No. This dinner didn't this even happen. This dinner did not occur in this episode, and I think they probably, just like you said, Dan, threw out this storyline. Like, scrap this shit. We're done. So now we, we do go out to dinner. Yeah, we go to dinner, but it's with Michael, Jane, Kimberly, and Billy. And uh, there, Michael is like hard selling Billy to Kimberly and vice versa. Like, you should live at Melrose Place. <laughs> I need you there. I will fix all of your stuff. Kimberly has a good job. You'll never have to worry about the rent. Um, and... Billy's just like, "Eh, okay. And Jane is interjecting here and there like, oh, come on, Michael. They're not going to marry each other. Give her some time to think about it. Why does she have to move in immediately? And you can tell that Jane is not too thrilled that Michael has this interest for this other woman to be moving in to their apartment complex. Right. And this is really, aside from... Aside from the Christmas episode, this is the first episode where uh, we've got Kimberly outside of of Scrubs and like looking good. She yeah. she looked good for like when she came over to to Allison's apartment for Christmas, sure. but it was just like a quick shot. But this is probably her most time on screen, I would say. Yeah. So the dinner goes fairly well. I mean, well enough that she wants to come take a look at the apartment. So we head on over back to Melrose Place to now Billy's apartment. And they're going through the rooms, kind of seeing where Kimberly would be living. And then the phone rings. Yeah. But and but right before the phone rings, Michael makes some like comment about like how there's one bathroom, but... He, uh yeah, I, I'm sure you'll you'll work out a schedule, right? Is that what you had with Allison? It's like uh what, a schedule for a bathroom? Well, maybe he's talking about like getting ready in the morning. I go in there from six to six thirty. You're in there from seven to seven forty five. I don't know. I guess so. It doesn't make much sense. Anywho, the phone rings. Billy picks it up. It's his mom. And immediately, you can tell it's bad news. Right. But not by Billy's face. By the, <laughs> by the music that is playing. <laughs> we, hear, we hear the sad danger music. The common theme throughout this entire episode is that it's really kind of like Allison. It's very difficult to have any kind of indication as to what emotion Billy is feeling. Yeah. That's, that's me every episode with Billy. It's just like blank faces. So you, Billy's like, oh, gosh. Okay, Mom. Well, just stay put. It's going to be okay. I'm coming over right now. He hangs up and tells the group, my dad had a heart attack. He's at the hospital. I'm going there now. Yeah, he's got to go. So then we do a cut to a commercial. And uh, we come back. And Billy is, is in the hospital with his mother. 
and they're talking about like uh, the course of the the night and, and how the the father came to have this heart attack. And it's very strange to me because from what I understand, the Campbell family is from California. That's where they live. But the mother has like this Southern Belle affectation where she was like, oh, Billy, we were at the club and we were dancing and it was just lovely. (laughs) And then all of a sudden he clutched his arm and he started to fall to the floor. And it was just, it was too hard to Billy, and it's just like who like, freaking lady, talks like that? It's like you're not on stage here. Yeah, I don't know. It's like the Southern Bell mixed with like old 19th century. I don't talk. I don't even know. So um, she explains to Billy that as soon as he was admitted to the hospital, his father's doctor, personal doctor, Doctor Stevens, came right over because he knows his father's history better than anybody else. Right. So Billy's like, okay, I'll go check on dad. And he <laughs> he takes like three steps down the hall and is immediately like drugged back like he's skipping school or something by this man. He like pulls him back. He brings him in, him and his mother into a room, sits him down and gives him some very sad news, unfortunately, that dad has passed. Right. So this is very surprising to Billy's mother and Billy himself. Billy's mom goes like ape shit crying. Billy's got to console her and the camera just sort of like zooms in on deadpanned Billy. Yeah. Billy just looking off into the distance without any kind of emotion at all. Mhm. So the next scene um Billy is walking back into Melrose place and Matt he comes out <laughs> He looks like fucking shit. I don't know what is going on with Matt lately. Remember, you used to make fun of me. You're like, you always say Matt looks no. terrible. You know what? He came out of his apartment. His lips are the same. Like, they're flesh-toned. It's so, <laughs> it's so weird. Like, I want I want the storyline for Matt to be like he's slowly turning into a zombie. <laughs> yeah, he like looks very unwell. Yeah. He looks bad, but he's like, Billy, uh, I heard about uh, your dad. I hope he's okay. And uh, Billy just looks at him and he he says, well, he's not. He died. Gotta go. Right. And Matt is just, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Is there anything I can do? No, I've got everything handled. I just have to take a shower. And he walks into his apartment, still kind of in a daze, and he starts playing his answering machine messages he has a message from his sister celeste who said that that, who says that she's coming from montana for the funeral right celeste is a special guest star played by renee coleman and the biggest thing she was in was a league of their own which is a great movie agreed awesome movie. movie and the next message is from uh, i guess the funeral director yeah it's the the they were talking about the burial, uh, the call from the mortuary, and apparently there's a spot tomorrow for the burial. Now, I know like for funerals, they got to turn around quick, but... Like one day. The day after? It's like 24 hours. Yeah, that doesn't happen. It's usually like a week or two weeks. Well, I don't know. Maybe they got a lot of bodies on their hands, and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> we got to go. Got to turn them out. So uh, there's a knock on the door. It's Jane and Michael. Billy answers. Uh, Michael explains, I called the hospital to check on your dad. I'm so sorry. And then Jane says, I don't know what to say, which I always find is very odd. Well, you should. I mean, that's like a natural thing. If you, it, Like you shouldn't say something that is like planned or... Or, like, too, like, thought out. Like, some people just don't know how to cope. And it's better to say that than to just not say anything. You know? I mean, I guess. I just thought that's a weird thing to say. Like, oh, your father just died. I don't know what to say. Well, the alternative is to, one, either not say anything, which is worse. Or make light, which is also bad. Or... You change the subject. Which just is, say, like, I'm sorry for your loss. Yeah, but some people, like, they think that's too generic. 
So okay, it's, it's appropriate, I think. All right, you well, can tell someone. Look, man, I got. I don't know what the hell to say. This is terrible. You usually say, I don't know what else, to, what to say, and then something else. <laughs> okay, you seem to be the expert on this topic. I mean, you know. So Joe and Jake show up too, and they apologize, give their condolences, and they offer to help. Can we make phone calls? Can we go out and get you dinner? And Billy is very uh, adverse to this help from his friends, and he's like, "No, I just have to take a shower. I need to be by myself." He's and then, a little overwhelmed, yeah. and Joe is like, "Billy, like, don't go in that door. Don't go in the bathroom." <laughs> He's like, I got to go. And he retreats back into the bathroom. And then there's a really weird scene here where he, like, looks into the mirror, but, like, looking forlorn off into the distance. But I don't even know if forlorn is the right word because You don't it's do just, that in the mirror? It's just, like, this weird blank stare. I do that every day. Every day in the mirror. Just looking off into the distance. <laughs> I just look at nothing in the mirror. And you gotta wonder, is this, like, was this a choice of Andrew's shoes? Like, did he want to play this oh, as, no. like, totally shocked? And, like, he's not reacting because he, this is such a shocking tragedy that he just can't cope? I think at this point, Billy's on a tight leash and they don't let him make any sort of decisions. If you're gonna let anyone make some acting choices, it'd be Jake. But a guy like Billy, you are telling him, like, look down, look up, turn around, stop. <laughs> no. Bad. Bad Billy. Sylvie. Cut. Okay. Do, to do that again. Say these exact fucking words. All right? <laughs> Action. <laughs> They're not giving Billy any leeway. Promise. So, Billy rolls up to LAX in his cab to pick up his sister, Celeste. Yep. Picks up Celeste. They have some kind of weird embrace. Uh, and then immediately, out of the gate, getting a big old fight. Big time fight. Well, just because Billy says, hey, uh, what are we going to do with dad's furniture shop i've been thinking that i might want to take it over and she's like oh great you're gonna get into a huge fight with our family now because of this yeah she's like let's just try to get through this without having a big fight and i think it's really funny too like in order to establish their relationship she keeps calling billy little brother yeah, just reaffirming, like, I'm his sister, everyone. <laughs> to say, like, hi, little brother. <laughs> right. And, uh, guys, this is actually LAX, I think. Yeah, they were filming on location. They've stepped it up from the airport they dropped uh, Allison off at, which was, uh, what, like, airport city? I LA? think they called it Valley Airport. Valley Airport, yeah. No, this is, uh, this is actually LAX. So, so that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Good work. So Billy takes Celeste back to their childhood home where their mother is waiting. And they go into Celeste's room and her mom is like, it's so nice to have you here, Celeste. Your room is just as we left it. However, your father used the closet for his suits. Why don't you take a look? She is so fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. it's, like they, it's like they cast her and they were like... Uh, so what plays have you been in? It's kind of like they got Joan Crawford from the 1940s to yeah. play this role. It's very weird. So weird. I'm trying to think of like an old school play. It's like Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Yeah, and they're like, all right, just play, play her. <laughs> play that cat. So... They Billy is looking through the closet, and it's his father's suits. Every suit, just the same. The customer likes familiarity. You go to McDonald's, and they've got everything the same. Holiday Inn, everything the same. Well, the furniture business didn't take off to be a hit. Sure didn't. <laughs> sure didn't. And now they attempt to make up here, Billy and Celeste? Yeah, right? I think so. And Billy, he just reaffirms that, like, he wants to take over the business. And then, boom. 
New fight. Yeah, and she just, like, out of nowhere, she's like, Billy, can you please stop talking about business? Yeah. No build up. <laughs> um, but then Celeste softens a little bit, and she likes to, she's talking a little bit about her dad and how on her wedding day, her father gave her away but took it too literally. And it was as if on her wedding day, he gave her away to another man and never wanted anything to do with her from that point on. And she, I think she even uses the term like, see you later. <laughs> she was like, you're with another man now. Bye. Goodbye. Ta-ta. <laughs> uh, so Kimberly and Michael... We, we cut to them back at the break room of this hospital, and they share an awkward lotion exchange. <laughs> yes. So Kimberly is saying that she has some reservations about moving in with Billy, especially in light that his father just passed away. And she says, you know, it just kind of really reminds me that when you're living with someone, you're part of their life. And I really don't want to be part of somebody's life unless I'm in love with them. And And yo, good move, Kimberly. You dodged a bullet here. That is not a life. (laughs) That is not a life you want to be involved in. But when she's delivering this line, she squeezes out lotion into her hands and it's too much. So so she offers it to Michael. She does not offer. She just jerks off his index finger with it. (laughs) (laughs) And she says it perfectly with I want to live with when I want to live with somebody when I'm in love with them and she's like rubbing lotion on his hands. Yeah, very very strange. If someone out there <laughs> gets lotion rubbed on them by another person, it is either your mother and you're a child or that person wants to bang you. That is a fact. Right. <laughs> so, Michael says well, what are you going to do about your pipes? And she says, I guess hire a plumber. And he said, well, what about me? I have the tools. And she says, you sure do. Yeah, and she gives him a pair of fuck me eyes as well. A lot of innuendo happening in this scene. Oh, yeah. She, she wants the business. So Jake and Billy are tying a couple on at Shooters. Right. They're playing some pool. They're just sort of drinking buddies here like they you normally are. Jake is used as a crutch to Billy to like reflect on like how he should handle this. I'm not sure why because Jake has no father figure in his life um, except for when he squirted him with whipped cream. <laughs> that's, ba- <laughs> that's basically the only story we have here of Jake and his dad and that he would fight at the drop of a dime. Remember that shit? Oh, of course I remember it. And Jake asks Billy, well, have you heard from Allison? And Billy just kind of sloughs it off. Who cares? This is my wake-up call. I need to be a grown-up. I have to be more responsible. Um, Kind of indicating that he needs to own this business. Then he says, time to grow up. (laughs) Time to grow up. So now we're back to Melrose Place. Billy's coming home. He, he, he's got his keys out, ready to get into his apartment, and then... Ree, 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 ree. Amanda pops out of the shadows and is like, Hi, Billy. I heard about your father, and I just had to see you. Yeah, she's like, I've been waiting for you. And we're like, how? How did you hear about Billy's dad? Who told you? Yeah, and this is so scary. Like, I thought she had, like, a weapon with her. Like, gonna hurt him. <laughs> She's and just standing there. In like, like a trench coat. And she's like, even though we broke up, I'd still like to be your friend. You want me to stay with you tonight? I'd like to. Yeah, and then she's still, in this time of desperation for Billy, she still manages to throw a dig at Allison. She's like, has Allison contacted you yet? And he's like, nope. And then she's like, hmm, bummer. Well, Well, she did move away. Anyway, I'd love to stay here with you if you'll let me. And he's like, no, I really think I need to be alone tonight, Amanda. And she is coming in hot, guns blazing. And she's like, well, if you change your mind, here's this little 
wet one I'm going to leave you. And she gives him a full kiss and Billy does not respond to it at all. Just like stone face looking off into the distance, not knowing are you like what are your emotions? We have no idea. We have no idea. And the direction here I feel like should have been him to like at least turn away. <laughs> nope. Like at least be like, oh, I don't want this. And like go in your house. You know, like shrug it off. <laughs> but he just sits there and takes this three second kiss that <laughs> He does nothing with. Does not reciprocate. So he does go back into his apartment alone, checks his messages, and it's Allison. She says that she's thinking of him and um, wants to to talk to him and asks for him to call her back. Right. She leaves a phone number. He writes it down. Then he goes to his living room, sits in his uh, rolly chair, makes the call. He gets Keith. And he says, no, 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 don't leave a message. Thanks, Keith, blah, blah, blah. He hangs up. No, Allison, he's pissed. And then he does the oddest thing <laughs> that I think this entire episode. This is like Weirdest the, scene of the episode. This is like oddest moment. Uh, he, he puts his feet up on the wall and then pushes himself off of that wall to roll across the room. And he has this, like, disgust, like, gosh. I think it was supposed to be, like, a showing of, like, rage or frustration. But it came off of, like, I want to go for a ride. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> people do that when they're, like, having fun. Like, playing around. I don't know. So, next up, we're at Billy's dad's funeral. The mood is somber. The priest is praying over the coffin. The mother, Celeste, Billy, they're all putting roses. It's like a casket. Isn't that what you call them? A coffin and a casket are the same thing. I think a coffin is like for Dracula. A casket is for like humans who die. Coffin and casket are like, like they're interchangeable. Yeah, but you don't call it a coffin. You don't? No. Like, I gotta buy a coffin for, like... I would call it a coffin. No, I don't. don't, What? I don't think it's socially correct anymore. What do you... Like, well, we're gonna get the coffin Like, there's prejudices against coffins? It's too morbid. I think it's too morbid. It's like... What? You you buy a casket. I think it's It's the same thing. It's the same thing, but it's a nicer... It's a nicer way of saying it. A coffin is for, like, a mummy... Or like Dracula, like a vampire sleeping coffins. Okay, I don't know. I would. I You're think... laid to rest in a casket. It sounds nicer. Okay, well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Dan is the police on the afterlife here, so they're throwing roses on the casket. It's so much nicer. And uh, as this is occurring, and the funeral's wrapping up. A taxi cab pulls up and Allison Parker emerges by herself, dressed in black, sees Billy from across the way, and Billy just gives her a look that I it does not say anything. It's just Billy's yeah. face looking off into the distance. Billy, I don't know. Billy basically it's like a choose your own adventure. <laughs> Remember those books? Yeah. You can either like A, go upstairs, B Run outside, see? So, like, at this point in the adventure, you can either choose that Billy's happy that Allison is there, sad that she's there, or, or mad, angry that she's there. So, whichever, dealer's choice, however you want to interpret. Billy, Billy looks at Allison, ends up talking. Uh, Allison, like, she gets to this funeral very late. Like, the funeral is over. The, well, the, at least the burial portion, which I believe happens at the end of a and funeral. of course, now the new stalker, Amanda, is there. And somehow they end up talking to one another. Yeah. So, Amanda... There's like this big checkup, like, how's, how's uh, Seattle? Are you coming back? Uh, what's going on? Right. Amanda's like, it's good to see you. Did you know Billy's father? And she was like, yeah, I met him once. Well, he was a great, great man. I mean, 
look at Billy. And she was like, oh, well, okay. And then Amanda's like, you should have seen him last night. He was so broken up. Yeah, she has, Amanda has this way of throwing shade without having to be called out on it, you know? Oh, she's great. Heather Locklear has a gift. Yeah, but it's just these snide, like, like ju- it's just script. Like they were saying in the special features. Right. Like, it's just script. But she turns it into, like, digs. Yeah, she knows how to deliver these lines at the jugular. Yeah, and she's just like, oh. She's, she's giving you that this is all, this is, this is someone that they're like, yeah, just run with it. Which is, it's great. It's great for the show. Right, so Billy comes over, and Amanda excuses herself, and Allison's like, I thought you broke up with her, and he says, I did, uh, and goes on and on about the flowers, and how his sister went really crazy, and and for Christmas, how his sister always would give his father a bag of potpourri, and his dad hated them, and now he's being laid to rest, just filled with potpourri with the flowers on top of him, and... That was his the thing that he hated. Yeah, and Billy's really hung up on this. Ends up talking to Allison about where she's staying tonight. And she's like, I'm sleeping on Joe's couch. And he's like, that's silly. Sleep in your own apartment. But that doesn't make any fucking sense, Billy, because there's nothing in there. Yeah, there's no bed. Where the hell is she going to sleep, Is that bro? a ploy to be like, sleep in your own apartment with me? Yeah. So then, like... He's gonna, he's gonna, they're gonna drive back together. But what I found weird was Billy drove a fu- his fucking taxi cab to the funeral. That's his only car. Yeah, but he would ride like, he would ride in like a car with the family, like in a funeral procession. That's how it goes. I guess I am not like well versed in etiquette, funeral, funeral etiquette. Yeah, like the car, like. The body goes in the hearse, and then behind the hearse is, like, the family in, in their own, like, black car. And then from then on, like, you process, proceed. Well, that didn't occur here. Yeah, like, Billy just drives separate in his cab. Very strange. So, of course, everybody from Melrose Place attended the funeral, and Jane and Michael Mancini are coming back to Melrose Place after having gone. And Michael says to Jane... You know what? I do have to get back to the hospital. I have patients I need to check up on. Jane is not pleased to hear this. And he's like, look, I got to go. I'm a doctor. That's me. So Michael is whisked away. Uh, and we're... Oh, what What did you say about Jane here? Oh, God. Jane... Jane calls it. Jane's like, did you see Billy's face? There was no emotion whatsoever. And... I'm kind of wondering, okay, either this was a choice that was made to be like, we need Billy to play this as like shocked, like, oh my God, I can't believe my dad is dead. Or Andrew Shu as an actor wasn't giving anything and they were like, look, we have to address this because anybody watching it is going to be like, what the hell is wrong with Billy? Yeah, or or it's a build up to to a scene coming where he where he does have... What, I don't know. What is a meltdown? (laughs) We'll see. And that's just like how they planned it, but yeah. So, directly after this, Michael is at Kimberly's apartment. Mm -hmm. So, it was a lie. What he told to Jane, he wasn't going back to the hospital. He's there under Kimberly's sink attempting to fix her pipes. Yup. Kimberly is braless. Just hanging out, real seductive. Uh, Michael fixes the sink, and he's like, anything else that needs attention? And Kimberly's like, yup, but I don't think that you're offering those services. Right. So direct. Yeah, but she's like, like, I've got got wine. I've got some meat. Let's cook it and eat it together. And... Michael, uh, he, he he turns a blind eye to this. Well, you can tell he considers it, but she's like, and you have to get home to your wife. And he agrees, yes, I do. And Kimberly's doing all these, like, sexy spins, like, in walkways. <laughs> <laughs> just, just like, like, how would you like it? Well, I guess you have to go. And then she, like, twirls, and then, like, she opens the door weird and, like, stands by it and is like, 
fixes r- brushes her hair like she's throwing him everything she's got and michael's just like so stoic just like i have to leave i have to leave i have to leave but kimberly is coming oh she's a force to be reckoned with my friends it's coming so terrence and Rhonda are having dinner at her place and uh, I guess Rhonda is kind of complaining to Terrence how she doesn't like Carrie and that how she can tell that Carrie is all over Terrence and wants to steal him away from her. And Terrence is loving this. And he even says, oh, I do love a jealous woman. Who and Yeah, who would like accept this from their like boyfriend? Well, Rhonda doesn't. She says, look, Terrence, either you need to fire her or you need to kiss me goodbye tonight because I am done with this. And then T-Money is like, well, she's all yours. You can fire her. And she's like, okay, I will. (laughs) Great, thanks. He's like, wow, really cool end there. And like you said earlier, that dinner... I bet it was was on the cutting room floor. Yeah, it may have happened, and they were like, okay. This this is just shit. We need to get more shots of Billy just looking blankly (laughs) into nothing. We really need to focus our energies there. Oh, gosh. So now we are at Melrose Place. There's an exterior shot of Allison and Billy's apartment, and the front of it looks so dirty. It just looks really gross and run down. I think there's actual just like soot and dirt on the front. Michael is neglecting his duties as property manager. Yeah, as he's fixing Kimberly's pipes. And they got the pool boy. I mean, he might be skirting his duties too. Allison asks, honestly, are you still seeing Amanda? What's going on with that? And Billy's like, no, she just showed up at the funeral. I'm not seeing her anymore. And Allison asks, well, how are you holding up? And that's when Billy tells her of his plan to take over his dad's store. And Allison is flabbergasted because if you'll remember a couple episodes back, this was a topic on the table. And they both kind of came to the conclusion that Billy wasn't cut out to be a furniture man. Mm -hmm. And she's like, that's what you're going to do? You're going to sell furniture that's what you're gonna do with your life and and billy's like yeah look i if you didn't come down here to talk me out of this so why don't you just go you're just gonna go back to seattle go back to keith in your seal infested state of seattle (laughs) (laughs) and um basically allison is like you're not gonna scare me off that quickly billy I care about you, and I love you, and I'm here because I'm your friend. And I basically to say, like, look, I am going to go back to Seattle, but I'm here for you now. Right. So Billy, he, you know, realizes that Allison's a true friend. She ain't going anywhere. So he's like, I'm going stir crazy. Let's get out of here. And I could have sworn they were going to go to Shooters. Duh. (laughs) But they go to another location. This is the Santa Monica Pier, and I think it's actually the Santa Monica Pier. Oh, it is. It definitely is. I used to work on the Santa Monica Pier, and this is the Carousel Building. But they don't have any games inside the building, so that was a little fabricated. Um, Billy is there. It's supposed to look like a carnival vendor where he's throwing a ball at milk jugs trying to knock them down, and Billy is just like killing this game. And the vendor just starts like, throwing them harder and harder and harder and harder. And then the carnival guy's like, "Hey, man, you're gonna put a hole through my wall. Here's a stupid bear." Get out of here, kid. So Billy is getting out all of that anger and frustration that I guess he's been keeping inside. Yeah, and like Allison's like, Billy, what's wrong? And then Billy just starts fake crying <laughs> and like they put like water on I his swear, face. It looks like someone just splashed water on his face and he was like, oh, I never told my dad I loved him. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense at all. There's no build. I'm like, man, they really picked the wrong guy to to do these emotions. So it's bad. It's this is a very tough scene to get through. But Allison does, I think, have some really good advice here. She says, 
You know what, Billy, in life, so much goes unsaid, but so many times we hear it. Maybe you didn't say I love you to your dad, but he heard you anyway. He was there. And I think that was like the perfect thing to say to somebody that was in this situation. And Billy, um, at that point, Andrew Shue was really crying at this point. Tears are streaming down his face and he goes to hug Allison and is like, oh, Allison, I've missed you. And it's this great triumphant moment that the two of them share. Right. Now we're back at the apartment. It's the next day. Next day, uh, Billy is chilling at the apartment. Allison went for a run and Joe shows up with a gift. Uh, and just wants to like kind of bury the hatchet with Billy. They've had sort of this animosity towards each other since she dissed him and didn't want to date him. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> she brings him a coffee maker, and uh, Billy's like, okay, well, let's talk. And then the first topic is the afterlife. What do you think happens when you die? Right, and Joe is like, well... My version of heaven is basically summer camp. (laughs) What the fuck? Well, she says, I think that when you die, your energy is just transferred from your body and it envelops those that you love. And he's like, well, don't you believe in heaven? And she says, I I mean, she does make an analogy to child to um, summer camp. But does say when she was a kid, that's how she envisioned her mom. That her mom was at this happy place in a bathing suit and an Drinking sodas. Drinking sodas. And you know what? There's nothing better than drinking sodas. Nothing. It's heaven. It is heaven. To a lot of people. So now we are at lunch with Matt and his father. And apparently Matt has really taken... Uh, taking notice about time with your father and how it can be cut short seeing that Billy's dad died and he reaches out to his dad to have lunch and his dad's like okay Matt what's up yeah his dad's like this is weird you don't invite me to lunch and Matt's like no nothing's weird I just want to have lunch with you Matt seriously why are we here no, Dad, really, I, I just want to have lunch with you. How's how's work, Dad? Is work good? I just want to talk. Uh, and then Billy's dad's finally like, okay, so, like, you really want to know about me and things? And Matt's, he's like, yeah, of course. I want to spend time with you. We always end up talking about me, but I want to be friends with you. And I want to order food, and I don't want this to be a special occasion. I want to keep on hanging with your Dad. And then his dad is finally like, all right, let's order some food and chit-chat. So this is a, a fun moment in the episode, I guess, that, that would, you know, the the tone of this whole thing is pretty sad. And this was like a, a good, wholesome moment. Yeah, to cherish your parents while you still have them. Mm-hmm. So Allison accompanies Billy to his parents' house. And his mother and sister are having lunch in this beautiful, expansive backyard. I know that Billy is from the valley, but wow, this is gorgeous. Yeah, it's a. If you don't know, Los Angeles is very tight with land, so backyards and front yards are very uh, few and far between. Yeah, but this is huge, and Billy's mother is like Billy. I'd like to talk to you about something very serious. And I know that Allison is here. and We regard Allison as family, which they've met Allison one time under the guise that she's like Billy's girlfriend. And it was all a lie. (laughs) But now she's family. Now she's family. And she says, you know, Billy, I know that you had toyed with the idea of, of taking over the store but I want you to know that I'm I'm selling it to the employees. They're going to keep the name, and we're going to be done with the business. And how how do the employees, how can they afford to buy it? Well, I don't know, but we find out that it's not something she's planning on doing. It's something that has already been done. And Billy's like, oh, great. Thanks a lot, guys. This was my last connection to my father. You've all ruined it for me. Thanks a lot. And then... Billy's mom 
says, I have a letter from your father that he wrote to you that I found. And I want this stranger who I've met once to read it to you. So, Allison, <laughs> will you do the honor of publicly reading this letter to Billy from his father? And this note is written like a fucking instant message. <laughs> it's like, this, this note is basically like ten texts put together. <laughs> hey, Billy. What's up? It starts, it's Dear your dad. Billy, you are the sunshine of my life. Yeah, it's a song, but it's true. How do I tell my adult son that I love him? It's hard. Ha ha ha. Well, maybe I should get you to write this because you're the writer and I should just sign it. Well, gotta be signing off now because one of my customers is waiting on me. Yeah, oh, what? Billy, I love you. You love your dad. Dude, I wrote better notes in like fourth grade. This yeah. is like shit. It's total shit. Uh, but it's really star it's really like struck a chord with Billy that like he should continue to be a writer and not be a salesperson like his dad. And of course it gives him that closure knowing that his father loved him. And although maybe Billy never said the words, I love you, to his dad, his dad did love him and loved him enough to write it in a letter that he could then cherish for the rest of his life. Right. So now we come to the final scene of this episode. Billy is back to LAX with Allison. He's going to drop her off there because she's headed back to Seattle. And they hug for a while. He says make like we can make visits like you can come back here i can fly up there let's still hang out and she's basically like yeah okay so she's walking away and she calls out billy and he turns around oh nothing and i'm interpreting this moment as like hey this is the unsaid i love you she wanted to say I love you to him, but was like, no, I'm not going to say it. I'm going to keep going. But I'm completely proved wrong because after she decides to continue to go, she turns around a second time and is like, Billy, I don't want to go back to Seattle. I don't like that ecological wonderland. All Keith ever does is talk about the wildlife and that's not me. I don't have any friends. I don't have a job. I know I just got there, but I hate it there and I want to be here in L.A. And Billy's like, well, you know, I asked you to stay before. Now I'm telling you, you have to. And I didn't think this was coming this episode, but she's like, all right, fuck it. I'm staying. <laughs> I'm staying. And then Billy picks her up and swings her around in a circle. But this lasts way too long. They're in the middle of a lobby at LAX. Swinging around in a circle for a long time. Yeah. And that's the end of the episode. Boom. Allison's staying. Roll credits. Now, let's recap. Billy's daddy died. <laughs> yes. Indeed. Uh, Rhonda gets to fire Carrie. Kimberly is moving in on Michael. And Allison decides to stay in L.A. And, of course, Amanda's trying to win Billy back. Boo. 90s moments. Jenny? Well, the one thing that stuck out to me like a sore thumb is that at LAX, nobody has roller suitcases. Everyone mm. is carrying their suitcases. Good catch. Um, nobody has the roller suitcases. It's the old... Old school, you got to carry them by your sides. Yeah, that's, that's a really, really good one. My 90s moment from LAX is that there was zero traffic both times Billy goes there. LAX is usually a parking lot. Oh, gosh, it's and, horrible. And he just pulls up both times. Yeah. Is able to hop out of his car. If you did that today and you hopped out of your car the police would immediately blow a whistle at you and be like, get the fuck back in your car and drive around. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? And then, like, leaving your car? Oh, that thing is gone, my oh, friend. Oh, yeah, yeah, towed away for, forever. Yeah, that don't happen these days. Another 90s moment that stuck out for me is Billy's bomber jacket. 
Yeah. Love that jacket. He was in that thing a lot this episode. I feel like episode. I had that jacket. I just don't like anything about Billy, so I hate the bomber jacket. Um, I've got Matt's funeral turtleneck. Ooh. That was very 90s. And, of course, the coffee maker that Joe gives Billy. And then they're, like, fumbling over it. And he's like, I wish you could just plug this thing in and it would work. And I'm like, get a Keurig, bro. (laughs) (laughs) They make those now. Yeah. And and then uh, all of the gene. Everyone was in gene something this episode. Allison especially. She was in a lot of gene. So, what is the lesson that you take away from this episode? My lesson is, who are we kidding? Cut the shit. <laughs> Care to elaborate on that? Sure, sure, sure. So, basically, Billy trying to be this freaking uh, furniture salesman again. Who are we kidding? Cut the shit. Allison trying to act like she lives in Seattle. Who are we kidding? <laughs> Cut the shit. And then Terrence acting like Carrie is actually like a threat to Rhonda. Who are we kidding? Cut the shit. Michael Mancini acting like he is a devout husband (laughs) and not going to nail Kimberly. Who are we kidding? Cut the shit. Actually, I love your explanation. (laughs) Um, My lesson is a little... Um, I guess more wholesome. You can always come home. You might not have a good time up in Seattle, but you can always go back home. You can always go home. Celeste can always go home to her old bedroom. (laughs) Celeste. Oh, boy. Uh, If you could rename this episode, what are you renaming it? I am going to rename it The Afterlife. Because I think um, after death, uh, some people get a new chance at life. So death sparks new beginnings for new characters. Hmm. Okay. I like it. How about you? Mine is, I know it's basically episode 22's title, but I've, ela- I've made it longer. Two is company, three's a crowd. And there was a lot of groups of three that were in this episode. Jane, Michael, and Kimberly. Allison, Billy, and Amanda. And Terrence, Rhonda, and Carrie. Two is company. It's all good, but you gotta get the third person out of there. Out of there. Now, bitch of the week! I'm a boss ass bitch, 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 bitch. So, Dan, let's bitch, revisit last week. Who was your nomination? Last week, my nomination was Jane. And yours was Allison. Right. So who was the winner? With 88% of the vote, Jenny, you've been dethroned. Ah. I win. Jane is the bitch of the week. Oh, man. Thank you, guys. Finally, I get a W. Finally. So this week, Jenny, who's your bitch and why? Okay, this week I gotta put up Kimberly. I love Kimberly. I love her directness, but she is moving in on a married man. She has no qualms about it, and she is very upfront and direct about this. I mean, even at dinner, she's giving Michael eyes in front of his wife, Jane. She tries to get him away from Jane continues to hit on him, continues (laughs) to say, like, make sexual innuendos toward him. And if Michael was down, I know she'd sleep with him immediately. And that is a bitch move. I am all about being happy and going for what you love and want in life. But there's got to be some kind of a moral compass. And when somebody's married, if you really want to be with them, then you need to address that and then get that person out of the other relationship before you start really hardcore hitting on them. Mm. So Kimberly Shaw, bitch of the week. All right. Well, my bitch of the week is a new character, Celeste Campbell. What? What a bitch. Why? Here's why. One, 
She has the least screen time, most bitchiness <laughs> during it. She arrives. She arrives at LAX. Her brother picks her up in a cab, gets her stuff, and then they get in a fight right at LAX. She's like, "Oh my God, let's not have a, let's not have this whole weekend be ruined." And he's like, "Okay, sister, fine." Takes her to her mom's house. Then they get in a fight in her old bedroom, and she's like, "Oh my God, stop making the funeral about your work, about work, about dad's furniture shop, man. You being a bitch." Then she freaking gets all this potpourri that she knows her dad hates and was allergic to it and then sprinkles it all over her dad's coffin, as Jenny would say. That is very bitchy to just insert the shit that you like into your father's funeral. Not cool. And then she never even thanked Billy for picking her up at the airport (laughs) or dropping her off. She's a total bitch. The whole thing. All we know about Celeste is that she's a bitch. Like, you know, Kimberly's at least a doctor and nice at some point. But Celeste, like, think about this, guys. If you had to describe Celeste Campbell, what word would you use? I think it's bitch. You know what, though? You're attacking my choice. Celeste just lost her father, okay? She's in a grieving emotional state. Although it may not run in the family that Billy has a problem emoting at all, she doesn't know what to do with her feelings and may lash out at the people that she loves. That is something that you can do with your family and then bounce back from. Mm. But really going against those confines of marriage and actively seeking out another person's husband, that is by far the more bitchier of the two. We'll let you guys decide. Go to Twitter, at MelrosePod, and vote the day you listen to this episode. Celeste or Kimberly? So, we uh, got a awesome, was it a tweet from Justin? Facebook post. We got a Facebook post. Justin, he sent us over a an awesome article by Craig Thomas Schaff from The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, entitled Melrose Place at 25, Scrapped Storylines, Partying with World Leaders, and How a Wig Reveal Saved the Show, which in just a few words really does embody our awesome Melrose Place. Uh, If you're looking for a really insightful and fun read about the series and a behind-the-scenes look from the characters and the the crew themselves. This is a great article to read. You learn a lot about how some of the cast came to get their roles on the show. Um, one thing I found really interesting is they had hired another actor to play Billy and it wasn't working out. So they got Andrew Shue on and they didn't fire the other Billy. Andrew Shue's just chilling in this guy's trailer the guy comes to work and billy's like oh hi i'm playing billy now that's how the guy found out happened yeah so there's a lot of juicy little tidbits in this article dude you gotta think how bad was the other billy (laughs) like was he like a squirrel i don't know the only thing worse i don't know But I I really would recommend this read. We put it up on all of our sites. Uh, It came out on June 30th, so um, check it out. Now that we're into July, we are celebrating 25 years since the first Melrose Place episode debuted. So um, you got to celebrate. Yeah, check our Facebook, read that article. And Joe, Justin... Thank you so much for the iTunes review. Yeah. Uh, Here it is. This is such a great podcast. I've been a fan of Melrose Place pretty much from the start. I was like 11 or 12 when I started. Same here. And for the past few years, I would randomly search every, every so often to find a Melrose Place podcast and imagine my surprise when I finally stumbled upon this fantastic little gem. Jenny and Dan have the perfect balance of love for the show, but offer that critical view only a fan can. Thanks again. P.S. 
I live for the Billy voice. Oh, God, me too. Dan kills me with it, and Jenny nails it too. Aww. Keep up the great podcasting. Thanks again, Justin. Justin, you're awesome. Thank you so much for that awesome review and then bringing that article from The Hollywood Reporter to our attention. Yeah, you're the best, man. And that's what we want to do on this podcast is... We don't know everything about Melrose Place. Mm -mm. We're watching it as first-timers, basically, because I don't remember any of these episodes, really. And and we we love it, but we're going to be super critical of everything. Yeah, and make no mistake, we are fans first. We love this series. It is such a treat to sit down every week and watch a new episode. We really, really look forward to it. Um, But, you know, there are things that are funny. And now, 25 years later, uh, we love calling their attention and and, um, laughing at them. And we're so happy that you guys have fun with us, too. Thanks, guys. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at MelrosePod. Uh, our email is melrosepod at gmail.com. Love checking that thing and reading what you guys have to say. And we're on Patreon, patreon.com slash melrosepod. And if you want to contribute to the show, that's where to go. Thanks, guys. Bye.